0: Like I say, uh, good luck to all of uh, you wonderful folks out there that are into the Back to the Land movement. Uh, We're definitely a silent revolution that's occurring. Uh, We don't get much press. We always take the back seat when it comes to the news, okay, because people uh, are going in a different direction. Okay, so be different, okay, and uh, enjoy your life.
1: Our journey continues with Ed Bernhardt of the New Dawn Center in Beresale Don. Ed is the neighbor of Susanna Leff, who we interviewed in the first episode of the podcast. Susanna mentions Ed as the gentleman that she was recommended to by a friend in Hawaii back in the 80s who had land for sale. And then she came to Costa Rica not knowing how she would ever find this character and synchronicity circumstances brought them together. She bought land, And plenty of goods come since. Ed arrived in Costa Rica as a horticulturalist, although he refers to himself as a deep ecologist. And I'll let you listen to the episode to uh, learn more about what that means to him. Ed's been teaching organics to youth here in Costa Rica before organics was even a thing. He shares stories about not only homesteading, but integrating with the local culture back in the 80s and 90s. He's currently working on providing online classes with local universities and provides permaculture assessments in the region. In this episode, Ed paints a vivid understanding of plants' relationships with microbiology. He also describes his fermented soil amendments and foliar sprays, which he calls kombucha for the plants. Let's visit the man who believes that the -the back-to-the-land movement is nothing less than a silent revolution. All right, here we are today on this beautiful Tuesday at the New Dawn Center or Finca Alba Nueva with Ed Bernhardt, who is really a legend in this area. Ed has been here since about 1990, so it's about 30 years. Is that correct?
0: Uh, 40.
1: 40.
0: Yeah, the- I came in 1980. You came in 1980. Yes, and uh-huh. but
1: the New Dawn Center was founded around 1980.
0: Around yes. Uh-huh. Okay, okay. Okay.
1: That's what I picked right. up online. Wow, 40 years. Forty definitely. Years of, uh, Pura uh, vida, as they say. Pillar in the community here. Yeah. yeah. Ed has built uh, a beautiful place here that we'll be taking a video of later to show off some of your cool projects. But more than that, this man has been responsible for literally countless plants put into the ground around this nation. He has been an author for several magazines and newspapers, both in English and in Spanish. He's written several books on organic gardening and medicinal plants. He has been a massive inspiration. I know even on my farm, he was, you came out to our place when we first bought it. You did a permaculture assessment. You gave us some really great tips that we implemented. And uh, you also, we have a number of plants, including a gorgeous bamboo clump, two bamboo clumps uh-huh. from that clump right in front right. of me. Right. Okay. Yeah. So, uh-huh. uh, such a pleasure to be here with you, Ed. Thank you for well, saying yes
0: to this. Welcome, uh, for sure. Uh, it's a pleasure to have
1: you here today, Jason. Tell us a little bit about what made you buy land in Costa Rica and start inviting people to come share it with you.
0: Well, at that time, uh, I was uh, uh, very young and uh, adventurous and... Um, I, to be truthful, wasn't very happy with the uh, political situation in the United States. And so I was dreaming of a place that would be like tropical and uh, a biological, botanical paradise that I could uh, uh, wander in. And Costa Rica also had this uh, unique uh, aspect to it. Uh, it had no army. Right. And that was a big one for me. Okay. Okay so i told my wife at that time well let's give it a shot we'll take a plane down there and we'll end up uh checking it out exploring costa rica and seeing whether or not we liked it Uh, and so we uh, took the plane and landed in costa rica in uh, 1979 actually the end of the year there and uh, we began i bought a truck and we began traveling around uh, Just seeing what all the different parts of Costa Rica looked like. By the time uh, 1980 rolled around, uh, I found this piece of land, okay, which sort of fit into my checklist. Basically, uh, we wanted to have a land that had rich, fertile soil uh, that was on the edge of a a town so that it wasn't uh, very remote. At that time, we had a six-month-old baby, so... Uh, Going way out into the wilderness wasn't a very good idea. And uh, so this also had a very uh, interesting uh, terrain to it, uh, rich soil. Uh, The house was sort of away from the road, which was uh, very nice uh, to make it uh, peaceful and quiet. Uh, I was just delighted to settle in. Uh, to this new little uh, land. Uh, And so through the years, uh, we've been able to sort of uh, go ahead little by little uh, and trying to not make too much damage to the environment. Uh, I was very interested in in during the university in ecology, and uh, I wanted to be a deep ecologist Describe deep. deep ecology. Well, at that time, that was sort of the word, the key word, like if you were really uh, living harmoniously in the land, or were you just talking about uh, ecology? Okay, walking the walk. Walking the walk. Uh, All right. See. So uh, it uh, was hard at many times uh, in that uh, first ten years. Uh, we went through many difficulties and. Uh, finally uh, came out uh, ahead um, as I developed a uh, educational program here for uh, students abroad.
1: And was that about how many years into your project were you before you started inviting people? Uh, uh,
0: probably from the 80s were more of working on the infrastructure here, like uh, digging a well, mm-hmm. which we had three attempts <laughs> Uh, You know, we would dig down several meters and hit a big rock. (laughs) So fill it up. What were you using to determine where to dig? uh, Well, first we started uh, with the idea of having it close to the house, but we live in a uh, riverbed. Right. So there's a lot of rocks. So uh, little by little, we had to uh, go up the hill into the sort of clay strata uh, and there we hit a nice well at about four meters, okay? Uh, so that was quite a adventure for almost a whole year, <laughs> and it was hand-dug. So it was quite a process. And then fixing the house. Uh, the house that we live in has just been remodeled, and it's actually now 100 years old. Huh. So we have sort of the original flooring and the ali- original infrastructure of it uh, you know the uh, whatever they call that you know the beams and such uh, were the original ones but it had a tile roof okay okay and like you see in the movies like curved clay tiles yes Mm -hmm. uh and it was very heavy uh, extremely heavy and the house at that time was already 60 years old okay and the wood was rotting there were termites, there were Rica. all kinds of <laughs> things, uh, which meant that it needed a big overhaul, okay? Yeah. So uh, we took down the uh, tile roof and put on a tin roof or a zinc roof. And uh, by luck, uh, a year later, we had the strongest earthquake in this area. So- Okay, and so luckily we did not have that old roof on top of our heads, uh, and it was uh, incredible to go through this incredible uh, 7.6 Richter earthquake. Uh, the house uh, was in a wave and screeched from the noise of the nails in the roof and Uh, It it was quite uh, scary, actually. It was quite scary. And the tremors went on for several days. So it was quite a shakeup. But uh, nothing that serious has happened since. Uh, I guess it relieved a certain pressure from the earth. Uh, But to go on, uh, those years were uh, getting into the gardening. And uh, although I had gardened all my life, uh, the tropical conditions made things a lot different. So there was a learning curve in uh, figuring out well, what I what was I doing wrong that I wasn't getting good results, okay? And little by little, I was able to create a sort of process for growing uh, organic vegetables without any harmful chemicals or anything as such uh, right here on the land uh, that we were on. At the beginning of my educational work was working with local schools in their school gardens. And that was really rewarding and uh, a joyful experience to watch these young little children uh, get interested in uh, gardening. Although many of them came from rural families and their mothers and fathers uh, participated in agricultural work, Uh, The garden is not culturally part of their uh, their culture. Now, they like the milpa. The milpa is a word they use for the corn patch. Okay, so every year they would plant corn and beans and squash. But uh, the idea of having a garden was uh, not too popular uh, the children would do anything to get out of the classroom. <laughs> and so every week I had an hour or two with them uh, in their education for agriculture. And uh, at first the teachers would say, oh, we've tried that and it doesn't work here. And so I said, please just give me the opportunity to try. And they said, okay, all right. So I would bring over a sack of composted uh, chicken manure and uh, some earth from our rich farm uh, and I activated the uh, the garden beds and uh, they had beautiful harvests and the kids were all excited uh, and uh, the uh, teacher was uh, very excited too because it brought sort of more into the uh, daily or weekly uh, schedule and uh, at that time, too, it's interesting to note that Costa Rica was also going through a crisis, uh, ec- a economic crisis. This the, is in the 90s. Uh, this was in the 80s. In the 80s still. Uh, in the early 80s, the money was devalued from nine colonies for, per dollar to 20. And it snuck up to 22. Okay. So there you can see that... the. They devalue it uh, so that the money was worth half of what it was worth. Uh, Being in touch here with my local neighbors, were farmers and uh, agricultural workers, that was a very sharp blow in their small salary that they would earn every week. In other words, it didn't make ends meet. So there was this uh, national uh, movement of uh, Volver a la Tierra. President Monge at that time initiated, let's get back and produce food. And so I was right in that field of work. And so it became very popular. Okay, the schools, they really had uh, more lessons in this. And uh, the food that comes from the garden goes right to the cafeteria or the children's lunch program. And so they were getting more of mustard greens and salad greens and things as such um, so that their diet was actually uh, more balanced than just rice and beans and then beans and rice and uh, maybe some noodles or something as such. So it was a very good time. Uh, I really got to know my neighbors well. I learned who their children were, who their, you know, brothers and sisters, their moms and dads. And so it was a great way to integrate into the uh, society here, okay, as a friendly person, foreigner, a friendly foreigner. Uh, And, of course, today I still have good feelings about uh, some of those children that are now... uh, 30 30 years old, okay, and they're working in town or whatever, doing some other things. Uh, So, uh, that was the 80s. Then the 90s, the opportunities came along uh, to uh, associate myself with different uh, uh, colleges and universities in the United States. Uh, And there we began uh, inviting these students down for uh, usually three weeks, uh, they were mostly uh, colleges where they could sort of plan their own curriculum, uh, which was nice. Many other universities are too, you know, structured that this, this didn't fit in. Uh, but it fit in well for us and also uh, very well for them. And so even today we get uh, emails and uh, photos from uh, these uh, young people that had come 30 years ago. Uh, to experience uh, life in the tropics on a tropical organic farm. So
1: these were university student groups that yeah, you were Yeah, they were generally, they
0: were uh, juniors, uh, sometimes uh, a little, little further on in their education. Um, and even today, uh, for example, we're working uh, with a uh, college called Global College, which is a branch of the uh, Long Island University. And they have a center in Aradia, Costa Rica. Well, this year they've been doing it virtually because of the pandemic. And so now I have four students this week that are helping me on uh, the online uh, infrastructure for our project. So you can continue teaching. Yes. uh And so we'll be working more on that level. Uh, as we go on with this new normality, okay? Mm -hmm. Uh, So that sort of brings us to date, I think. Uh, And so uh, all this time, we've been basically about trying to tell people uh, to grow gardens. Uh, My teacher, Edmund Bordeaux, called them ecological health gardens. This idea of uh, raising food right on your land uh, without harmful chemicals, uh, and this is what really helps to give you uh, good health, uh, vitality, and stamina. Uh, I sit here now at 72 and feeling new. Okay, looking good, moving freely because I've eaten well all those years. Okay, and uh, and so it does have a plays a great uh, role in your health. So, this is what we are continue to do. Uh, Of course, we're shifting now from perhaps having people come from around the world more into working locally. Uh, Most of our publications now will be in Spanish and our videos uh, so that we get directly to the people here. Uh, I think the crisis is even worse than it was in 1980 uh, because of the the flu, which has uh, entered the picture, okay, and caused a tremendous uh, decline in the economy here. And so it's one thing to be poor and well-fed and happy, and it's another to be poor and unfed and no funds and, uh, and unhealthy. So we would like to try and help people Uh, help themselves in a sense to grow food wherever they can Uh, uh, either in community uh, scenes or individual uh, so that once you start eating a big salad every day your health changes definitely okay Uh, there's something about getting all those minerals from the land that makes your body function properly. Supports our immune system. Not only minerals, but vitamins. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, And so uh, the standard American diet or the SAD, SAD diet, uh, will lead to health problems. Okay. And one of the simplest solutions is to change your lifestyle and start growing some of your own uh, food. You know, something you said, you're, you're talking about
1: the name of that program. I think you said it was the uh, Ecological Health Garden. Is that what you said? Yes. Uh-huh. And definitely the health benefits of eating from one's garden or something that uh, I think a lot of people are, you know, would say, well, of course. What I got out of that, phrase is and and largely, you know due to having just seen the the wonderful documentary that's recently come out kiss the ground and some other programs that are talking about how to best reverse our um, our greenhouse effect and uh, all these other uh, climatic issues that were, Dealing with is in taking carbon out of the air and putting it into the soil and into plants, and that's something many people have known for a long time. But I think uh, some some of these documentaries have really brought to new light. And the idea of an ecological health garden really reminds me that not only can we personally get healthy from the garden, but really the health of our ecology depends on a massive return to the gardens, where we are putting more plants in the ground that not only help us, but that help the air we breathe, that help the the health of the soil, that really bring this Eden-type scenario to our ecology, which in many, many, too many places in the world has been stripped And it's really wonderful to see so many, you know, large-scale permaculturists that are, you know, turning deserts into oasises through uh, innovative tactics. And also how important and valuable it is just for individual people to start tearing up the grass, put some gardens in, plant a few extra trees that they can eat from that are not only serving themselves, but literally creating a healthier environment around them.
0: Well put, well put. And uh, you can see that we have uh, an inner ecology to care for, our health and our body. And we have an outer ecology to take care of. So, this is a step toward that plan of harmonizing between the creation and yourself. Uh, okay. Uh, I'd like to call it applied human ecology. Okay. Where we're not just thinking about ecology, but we're doing something about it. And uh, this can be one of the first steps. All right. And uh, of course, Uh, People will have to organize themselves in different ways uh, in suburban and urban areas. They'll have to work more on Uh, community gardens, uh, okay, where uh, land could be uh, obtained from like a building. A building could be retrofitted so that it could become a, a food supply center. Okay, where you would be farming uh, hydroponically or aquaponically, uh, getting fish. And uh, so, you know, there's people that have already done that and the the technological details are already in place. Uh, um, Of course, I'll probably be working more with uh, rural people uh, since uh, that's where my neighborhood is. uh, uh, And so... Uh, much to convince them of the benefits for their own health. So Um, when you're
1: working with these people that are either, like in this case, we're talking about uh, local people who have farms that have gone mainly to coffee, cows, uh, bananas, things that really demineralize and denutrient the soil and create a feral fairly sterile environment and now all of a sudden you're telling them hey grow food and they're looking at the red clay being like okay where do I start because my coffee doesn't even work here anymore and so you're teaching people how to go from in many cases barren land and to start with what they've got to generate fertility so that they can get healthy food coming out of it. So what are your first recommendations to people when they're starting a project? And this applies too to a lot of you know foreign landowners who want to start some kind of impact center. And many times we buy farms that have been denatured. And mm-hmm. as permaculturists, a lot of us want to Regenerate the land that uh, we start working on. So, what are what are some of the first things that people will want to do to f- improve their soil fertility and get? What are some of the first plants to th- put in the ground and so forth? What kind of advice do you have?
0: Well, right behind me, we have a garden which has been started in the last six months, and uh, you start, and you get dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, a little bit of humor there. And uh, composting. Okay, so that's enriching the soil that has been depleted. Okay, and so you're just
1: composting your kitchen scraps,
0: uh, or what else do you do to build? Well, in, in our case here, uh, we have uh, many uh, green pastures. And so I have uh, one of my only uh, gas engines that I have is a lawnmower with a basket that catches the greens okay Okay, the clippings and so from there i mix that with uh, the kitchen waste do you dry the clippings first no you no just put them in green. Uh, i just put them all in there together and uh, within two months uh, i have rich fertile soil that uh, i can use uh, uh, for uh, a new garden bed
1: okay that's quicker than I
0: would have suggested. So you're putting, you're
1: making a compost pile that has layers of kitchen scraps and cut grass. Lots of organic
0: matter. Lots of organic matter. Weeds
1: from the garden. Okay. Uh, But no dry material, no carbon-rich dry stuff.
0: I have a tendency to favor quick composting. uh, Okay. And so uh, there are sometimes leaves uh, that uh, that go into it but I would say that it's more on the green side than okay. the brown side. And so to turn this into fertile soil in two months, are you turning it to aerate it? Uh, well, that's that's it. The more you turn it, uh, the quicker it comes ready uh, for the garden plants. Uh, the other is something that we'll talk about a little later is the use of these bio-fermented cultures. Okay. Okay, which has changed uh, the gardening game uh, and has made uh, it much simpler uh, to do tropical gardening and uh, gardening in general um, because of these uh, uh, biological microorganisms which uh, become key players in breaking down this compost and making it available to the plants. Okay? They also act as guardians on the leaves. If you spray it on the leaves, they prevent... Uh, harmful pathogenic uh, bacterias and other microbes from living on your plants. So I'm really anxious to tell you about that, but let's go on and talk okay. more about the simple basics of composting, which sure. are- Well, to build the bridge though,
1: you're, you're making these bioferments, mm-hmm. which we'll see in a video later that yeah. listeners mm-hmm. can find in mm-hmm. the show notes. There'll be a link yeah. to the YouTube mm-hmm. uh, video. But you're making these bioferments, and then are you using that to inoculate your compost yes. so that it composts faster? That's See, what we're saying. You okay.
0: inoculate all your garden beds, the soil around your plants, and then a, a much smaller proportion in a foliar spray uh, on the leaves. So it's not only a
1: fertilizer, but it's also a, like a pesticide. It's a perfect or maybe uh, not a pesticide, but a, it really
0: a, helps a lot for plant diseases. Okay. Uh-huh. Gets rid of the fungi and uh, bacteria that like to live on our domestic plants, uh, causing them often uh, death. You know, from uh, from the, the growth on them.
1: And this uh, is this is what so I've... they have
0: what they call the wilts. Okay, these are different uh, microbes that climb across your tomatoes and turn them black or gray. Okay, right? yeah.
1: And these are the fungus generated, generated. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh,
0: some others are bacterias, okay? okay? Uh, and so uh, it's almost like you you overpopulate your garden and your soil with these beneficial microbes, and they just say, look, there's no room for you here. Okay, this is for locals only. <laughs> Uh, so I'm very, very happy with that. Uh, it's probably been about five years now that we've been using them. And uh, now I just sort of go around and spray these uh, different amendments onto the plants and into the compost. Uh, and things just uh, are easier and you have more success rate at growing your, your vegetables.
1: Super. Is this the, the method that I've learned called Boccaccio? Or is this a little different than the Bokashi well, it's, recipe? Uh,
0: basically, these bioferments uh, do come from uh, Asia, and uh, they have been refined here by the work of many of the organic farmers in the last two decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, the uh, dispersion of this information now is occurring through universities and other uh, institutions like uh, INA. Are you familiar with the Instituto Nacional de Aprendizaje? The uh, apprentice uh, where young people can go and learn many different trades for free. Uh, and so one of theirs is organic uh, farming. Uh, so it's done a lot there. That's They've been Wonderful. one of the focal points of developing this. Um so um, I have a manual which I send off for free to anybody who asks for it so they can uh, get busy making their own ferment, which you can make from basically things, organic things that come right from from around the farm, okay. Wonderful. And uh, do you think we could offer that to our listeners somehow? Sure,. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, so if you' you want to make a small batch, Uh, basically you need a five gallon bucket plastic bucket with a top that'll seal well and uh, to that bucket you add three shovelfuls of finely sifted compost your best compost added to that you add a half a gallon of molasses plenty okay well it's a resource here that's very available mm-hmm. because they grow a lot of sugar cane. And
1: they strip it from the sugar so to make white sugar.
0: Yeah. it's basically a crude molasses, mm-hmm. okay? It has all the nutrients of the sugar cane. And so what we're going to do is that we're going to add it to this super liquid fertilizer. To feed the microbes. And uh, it will also feed these uh, microorganisms. Next, we're going to add a gallon of whey. Okay, whey is the liquid that comes off of the process of making cheese. Mm -hmm. So it's very available in our uh, area here, uh, as many uh, dairy farmers are located nearby. Next, uh, we're going to add pure water. It can't be chlorinated water, okay, because this may affect the growth of these little microorganisms that are very sensitive to that chlorination. Uh, So, you need some kind of spring water or rain water, uh, which doesn't have those kind of uh, impurities in it. I also add about a handful of ashes, okay, to give it a little more of the mineral content. And then I stir it up and I seal on the lid. And if it has like a little spout on it, you want to make it so that it's not real tight, but enough so that as the gas forms from this uh, bubbling uh, brew that we've just made, okay, uh, it's almost like making a vinegar. You want a little air in there, but you don't want it so that it will be like uh, tight and it'll might the air pop needs to the top it. of the uh, the gallon of the the container. Okay, uh, so you have to wait a month and a half and. In the first week, uh, you can uh, shake the bucket and sort of mix it up again to make sure that the nutrients are getting well distributed, and then from there you can just put it away in a shady place, and in a month and a half later you come and you open it up. So it's anaerobic. You don't need to pump. Yeah, it goes into through it. A, a first an aerobic process, and then deep in the bottom of this an anaerobic uh, process okay. goes on. So you're going to get sort of both. You're going to okay. get both uh, types of uh, microorganisms. For example, deep down in the soil, there's not much air there, see? So that's where the this level of uh, microorganisms will settle to do their work, whereas the ones like from the uh, whey from the milk Well, those will work in aerobic conditions. So you get sort of both of them from this, uh, what I call kombucha for the plants. Right, which is a symbiotic mix of fungus and bacteria. Drink for your plants. They love it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, it's also been a little product that I can now distribute it at the farmer's markets. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So I'd like to see everyone... Uh, start their own little batch of this wonderful uh, bioferment and uh, it makes gardening very easy so cool there's no more uh, uh, you know problems with uh, your compost not coming out right and uh, many times before I'd have so many problems with leaf infections and now as you can take a look out there, those tomatoes are right out there in the hardest rains and they're green and moving on to, to producing tomatoes. Does this work also to keep the wasps away from papayas? I, I have my reserves on that one. I don't think it's so much for the insects. Okay. But uh, if you'd like, we can also share for the gardeners a simple kitchen uh insect control
1: that would be great you explained the the ferment so well yeah bring us something else
0: and uh, maybe on this little video clip included you can see some of the uh, things and we can that's going to be great even put in a a photo or something of the formulas good um
1: so we've got uh what do do, do you want to explain a little bit an overview of the insecticide now
0: uh, if this is a good spot for it, Yeah, yeah not? because not everybody who all hears right. the podcast okay, is going to so, jump
1: to the video. So okay, let's give it to right. both.
0: We'll uh, do a visual later. So uh, I don't know. Many years ago, uh, I began working with uh, a harmless uh, insect controls. I don't like to be using poisons on my lettuce. And so I was uh, avoiding at all costs these kind of Uh, chemicals, which they sell at the uh, agricultural supply stores. And uh, one time I was reading a little manual on hydrogen peroxide, Mm -hmm. okay? And uh, hydrogen peroxide is a uh, wonderful disinfectant. You notice when you put it on a, a cut that's been infected, it bubbles. Yeah. All right? Uh, And so this little manual was how you could use it internally to fight infections. Uh, And also it had a little part on uh, uh, a spray for your garden. They called it, uh, well, uh, the plant spray, plant protector spray. That's what it was. Okay. So you were to take uh, a half a cup of sugar or brown sugar or molasses and in that, you were to add uh, the, another half cup of uh, 3% hydrogen peroxide, okay? And then you mix that up and you put it in a, a quart of water, about one liter. You spray it on your plants. That's it, you don't let it sit for any period no, of time. No, no. okay. So the hydrogen peroxide works on cleaning the leaf surface, okay? And the sugars feed the leaves. Directly? Yeah. They have little stomas. They're like pores within the leaf. And they can absorb that. Oh, okay. Now, we all know that leaves can produce their own sugars through photosynthesis. But this is just like a little bonus. Little little steroids or something. Yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, Okay. And so, they absorb that, and they turn dark green. And this works with any kind of sugar, white sugar, brown sugar, or molasses. Well, I'm a little in favor of the molasses, right? Okay, more minerals. Uh, Because it has more minerals, okay? But the original recipe I read was pure white sugar, okay? okay? And uh, I was amazed at how wonderful it worked on uh, repelling insects, too, particularly chewing insects, All right. Now, uh, I'll digress a little to explain uh, something that uh, researchers found. They found that organic vegetables that were real green and healthy, they had a lot of sugars in their leaves. And when they had high levels of sugar, the bugs would not eat it. They said those sugars would affect their metabolism and they would sort of get drunk. Well, they were smarter than humans, so they would leave it alone. (laughs) So that's why you'd see if you have a plant that has yellow leaves, it will become prone to attack, much like the shark eat the sick fish and, uh, you know, the sick animals are fed to the, the wolves. And so it was wonderful. As long as I kept my plants healthy and green, I didn't have any troubles with certain bugs like the little cucumber beetle which northern gardeners know is abundant here too and eats the leaves out of young corn plants and bean plants and uh, cucumbers uh, you name it these little guys will just eat the the leaves apart well if i kept my uh, plants healthy and green they didn't come around so, it was like I won the battle without firing a shot. Okay. I was so happy with this new discovery, okay? Uh, it, and, so, and also, you enhance the plant, right? So, how often do you spray this okay. mix? Well, now I've changed, okay? Okay. Now, I use the brown sugar. You know, tapa dulce, okay? Sure. Perhaps some of our listeners don't, but it's basically a cake of brown sugar. Mm -hmm. And if you put it in a little water on the stove, you can make a honey from it. Okay. It's miel de tapa dulce or the honey from the sugar cane molasses. So that's what I use in this formula. I use half a cup of that and a half a cup of the uh, kombucha for the for the plants, instead of the hydrogen peroxide. Instead of the hydrogen peroxide. So now I don't have to go to the drugstore and buy that. Okay. I've got my own, and they love it. It works just perfectly fine. This uh, co- new combination. So you use your ferment
1: on the soil and in your compost, and, but then when you do your foliar sprays,
0: you add this. I add the mild brown sugar, sugar and this bioferment in a diluted form. And uh, it grows right on the plants and protects the plants. Uh, And it seems to because it's a vinegar, right? It's a fermented. It seems to cleanse and protect the leaves from these pathogenic microbes that uh, can get established on the leaves. Bonus, yeah, and the plants grow beautifully. Uh, and so there's much less uh, insect predation and uh, uh, plant diseases.
1: Okay, that's that's super. Uh, are there any other preparations you want to share with the audience right now that come to mind that are kind I of I think those are the two
0: significant ones. Okay, and um, just to say that it's really important that we recycle our wastes, and so this is a, a key factor in the applied human. Ecology is, no matter where you live, uh, shred up your newspapers and uh, try and compost whatever you can. In urban areas, you have to be a lot more careful, uh, having enclosed structures so you don't get a problem with rats. Even here, I have certain uh, challenges with uh, armadillos. Mm -hmm. Okay. But those things can be taken care of, okay? A little Uh, fencing. (laughs) uh, There are units that you can buy, like revolving uh, drums, and you can put your uh, uh, organic waste right in your apartment and turn this drum, and and in one month, you have rich, fertile soil for potted plants, uh, a Mediterranean potted kitchen garden, okay? Right on your balcony, okay? Uh, So as you can see, uh, uh, gardening also is really entertaining and a lot of fun to do, okay? Yeah. It's a wonderful thing for elderly people, wonderful therapy, okay? Uh, So hopefully we'll see a lot more of this movement. uh, Usually as times get hard, Uh, People go back to growing a lot of their own food, raising some of their own animals, chickens for eggs. and uh, Rabbits were a big one during the Depression. So uh, uh, I can see that we can make uh, a good thing out of hard times. Uh, It just takes a, a certain spirit of cooperation and enthusiasm for what we're doing. And, you know, a lot of times just
1: a little bit of willpower to push ourselves forward is the only way to find the enthusiasm. I know for myself, I've spent months preparing for this podcast and this whole uh, mission that I'm on to share these stories And it's put me behind the computer more than I'd prefer to admit. Mm -hmm. I'm six days a week, uh, Mm -hmm. spend a lot of time on the computer. And uh, thankfully, we take Sundays off and just really not go there. Mm -hmm. And as a result, I look outside and it's like, oh, okay, well, we're in wet season. Let's go plant some things. So we've been bringing home lots of cuttings and and different things. And so most Sundays I've been in Mm -hmm. the garden planting things, Mm -hmm. working with the earth, and you know to during the week i know that it's good for me to take a break and and go to the garden but when you're in that mindset of go 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 work 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 you know struggle 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 we often tell ourselves stories about oh i can't afford to do that and now that i'm in this rhythm of putting my hands in the dirt on sundays i'm really realizing like i can't afford not to do it. I can't, I can't afford to not take the break. I can't afford to not connect, to reconnect, to unplug. And the, and from that place of connecting, I I think it's only then that I realize that what a different mind state I've been in. And you got to really, for me, I've got to really push myself to get out and get back to those practices to remember how good it feels. It's like fasting or doing a nutritional cleanse where you know we're eating, go, 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 drinking coffee, doing our daily, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're like, no, I really know I need to do a cleanse. Then we take a week's break from food. And like, oh my gosh, I knew it like logically, but you can't really remember the feeling from that other place of feeling. And so, yeah, same thing with gardening, just getting some kind of rhythm to getting back into it is so nourishing.
0: Well, I can see that many people uh, have uh, work uh, during the week, and so the weekend is a great time to do some gardening. And uh, uh, like we were talking about, uh, it's a win-win situation, win for the environment and win for ourselves at the same time. Um uh, Sometimes in the times that we're living in now, with all the uncertainty, um, it's easy to get depressed, right? And mm. you have to like uh, be real careful. Um, and one of the things that, if we feel sometimes uh, like there's nothing that we can do about the situation, what will really make us feel good and our hearts full of joy is when we make achievements. With our personal self for example improving our health okay now if you have a chronic illness and you begin to become a, a fan of uh ensaladas excuse me i'm speaking spanglish here uh, salads okay well you're going to see some results you know you're going to wake up feeling more vital a lot of the aches and pains go away uh, and so You'll get that feedback from your body, and that will give you a lot of self confidence that you can move on. Okay, so working on your health is one of the best aspects of uh, gaining a good feeling about yourself and your place in the world at this moment. Uh, So, uh, I wish everyone out there uh, health and happiness, and that. You too can, uh, no matter where you're at, uh, experience an improvement in the quality of your life, both for yourself and for the environment. So what do you think, Edward? We've got an
1: audience of who knows how many uh, that are, you know, they either have land or they want to buy land. They want to or they want to, they have land and they have people there, but they're struggling. They're trying to make it sustainable, What kind of advice could you give in general to people that are trying to do some kind of beneficial project like this that uh, you've learned over the years that you could offer a little little insight?
0: Uh, Well, start small, Mm. okay? And then build from there, okay? And uh, many times uh, people overstretch in their project Uh, And then uh, if there's a weak part in it, it could fall apart. But if you work uh, on small steps, usually you can sort of take care of the little adjustment that needs to be made and then move forward again. So that would be my best suggestion is to go small. And uh, as you can see in the economy that we're in right now, uh, it's better to be able to Uh, sustain oneself and work from there whereas trying to uh, for example uh, borrow a lot of money and start uh, a business might be pretty high risk in my opinion agriculture in a sense is a high risk project Mm -hmm. Uh, you can have really bad weather that'll wipe out uh, hundreds of hours of your work Uh, so uh, be careful in that sense of uh not taking too many risks and working on what what is sustainable, what what will persevere, as like in permaculture, what is what is permanent. Mm-hmm. I've always been real low key too, as one of those uh, items for success of um, trying to keep a reasonable budget and uh, not overspend on uh, superficial things that's just one of the reasons that i'm still here for 40 years that i've been able to uh, live very frugally and so best of luck out there to all of you who are uh, uh, into returning to nature Uh, as you can see there's a small group of us who are dedicated to living that kind of lifestyle I call them natrophiles, okay, people, are nature lovers. And there's a lot of technophiles out there, okay, technocrats that are moving in the other direction toward factories and laboratories and apartments. So follow your dreams and uh, uh, just be careful as you go, or we might say full of care, okay, care with your plants and with your family uh, so that things will Uh, flourish and thrive as you go along Uh, the road isn't all roses and so there'll be times when it's tough and uh, you just have to persevere you know yes Uh, it is the key uh, this the only way to fail is to give up uh, you know luckily it's difficult but it's not impossible because we have Uh, you know, the assets around us to grow our own food, and uh, we have very few uh, utilities to pay. And uh, so, like I say, uh, good luck to all of uh, you wonderful folks out there that are into the Back to the Land movement. Uh, We're definitely a silent revolution that's occurring. Uh, We don't get much press. We always take the back seat when it comes to the news, okay? Because people uh, are going in a different direction. Yeah. Okay, so be different. Yeah. Okay, and uh, enjoy your life.
1: Wow, this so much great advice from somebody who's been doing it longer than most. And still going strong and healthfully and beautifully. So, thank you so much for sharing so much wisdom with us. Uh, You have this other body of wisdom that you've already shared with the world that I mentioned earlier your books. And I don't exaggerate when I say that your Medicinal Plants of Costa Rica book, either in English or in Spanish, is one of the most common books that I see in people's bookshelves as I travel the country. It's really impressive. Um, so, can you tell people a little bit more about how to find your books?
0: Fine. Uh, well, uh, I was trained in botany in the university that I went to, and uh, it's always been a love of mine. And when I came to Costa Rica, it was like almost like a new planet, you know, uh, it's the, the lush tropical plants. And I had. Uh, Uh, just a field day for the first five years, uh, learning as much as I could about medicinal plants. And for years after that, uh, we used this text that I made as the course for uh, students that came from other colleges and universities. Uh, And then finally, I was approached to make it into a book form by a publishing company in Costa Rica. And uh, So, uh, I thought, yes, it it might not be, you know, I won't become a millionaire (laughs) uh, writing this book in Costa Rica, but it will be good for people to know these herbs, and it'll give me a lot of exposure uh, in terms of uh, writing a book. And sure enough, it was. It uh, became sort of a bestseller in terms of uh, Costa Rican books in English. Uh, so, uh, it was a very humble number of books, but uh, I was very glad and pleased that I could fit a little niche uh, mm-hmm. as an author here. Uh, actually, my first book was uh, The Organic Home Gardening Guide for Costa Rica. A- and uh, both books now are available in ebook uh, PDF form. Wonderful. And if anyone's interested, we'll give you a little more of the details on that later yeah i'll definitely have the links uh-huh. to that
1: in the show notes
0: and uh the other course that we ran for many years was uh, uh medicinal plants and tropical uh, therapies for health therapies uh, and so i wrote a book on that too which is available on how to for example. Uh, detoxify. You were mentioned that uh, a little earlier like, oh I feel like I've got a detox, okay? Mm-hmm. Well, it's really good sometimes to take uh, a weekend off and uh, go through one of these uh, sort of uh, intermittent fasts so that you can cleanse out your body and, and nourish it with uh, different types of uh, green juices and other uh, fruit juices. Uh, So, yeah, those are the things that uh, were uh, uh, part of my contribution uh, for people that are interested in uh, uh, putting these kind of things into their life, using medicinal plants instead of uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, growing their own food instead of going to the market and buying commercial agricultural products. Okay. Bueno, so what else can we talk about here?
1: Well, I just want to make sure that uh, I mean we've got we've got people directed to your your books and uh, you've also mentioned that you're going to be taking your education platform online and you know I just want to make sure that listeners can really have a, a way okay. to find you. You've got your right. your website here the newdawncenter.info which we'll be linking to in your Facebook page, which uh, is facebook.com forward slash Finca Alba Nueva.
0: No, I think that's no? a little wrong. No, it's uh, the New Dawn Center. The New Dawn Center on no, Facebook. It's on, on Facebook too. Okay. okay? That's for English speaking people. Okay. Maybe and we're the in the process within the next month, we'll probably have a new website up called Alba Nueva. Okay. okay? Dot and it will be Spanish first. Gino? I think it's going to be dot info. Okay. Um, one of these energetic uh, students is working on that right now. For I'll get it exact from you before yeah, I leave. Yeah. So uh, the new dawncenter.info right now is uh, real accessible, mm-hmm. and uh, there there's a blog and uh, talks about our, our different projects.
1: So your online teaching is going to be through the new website.
0: I think so. Okay, yeah. Great. It'll be Spanish first, and uh, and uh, I'm going to be offering many things on. Uh, Google Drive. Okay, uh, there will be free uh, material that you can download, and we'll also ask donation for certain books uh, so that we can keep our uh, project moving ahead. Absolutely.
1: And on location here, uh, you're still. You've now opened up some small groups to do uh, teaching here on the farm. Are you welcoming guests yet, or not well, yet? Well, uh,
0: by the way. Uh, we're having a workshop on Saturday, and it looks like we have two dozen people coming okay. for a garden and medicinal workshop uh, program for three hours. Uh, so it looks like we're going to have quite an event. Uh, I'd like to invite you, too, if you'd like to come, and if you'd like to do any recording or video work, con mucho gusto. All right. We'll see how that okay. works into the schedule. Okay. Uh, so yes, that's what we do a lot. Uh, that's in real time huh? mm-hmm. or real. But otherwise, you have internships that and you offer here. We now. will. Uh, I've already done a forty-minute, forty-five-minute uh, video on uh, medicinal plants uh, in English and Spanish. Uh, so there's two separate uh, videos. Um, we did those with university students here about five years ago Uh, and we hope to do more of that have our site with the i do have a youtube channel too okay Okay. the new dawn center okay on youtube and there you can see the little clips of this on ginger and turmeric and uh, palda arco okay the the different uh, medicinal plants that we use here Super. Looks we're like put, there's lots of great to put ways it to together. find you. We're trying to put it together here so that we're sort of uh, updated and ready to go on on the virtual level. Mm-hmm. Uh, for years, I was sort of, uh, I, I must admit, rather judgmental about it. Uh, but I'm throwing my old uh, judgments aside <laughs> and uh, getting into the uh, media uh, as a... Expression of education and what we've been talking about. I can
1: definitely relate. Okay. Ed, thank you so much for your time. We're going to go explore some of your ferments on video. Okay. And um, mm-hmm. it's just been a pleasure yeah. to see you again and catch okay. up and have this great conversation. Thank you.
0: Okay. And the audience, uh, thanks for listening to. Okay.
1: Yeah, what a pleasure to spend the day with a man as kind and connected to his garden as Ed Bernhardt is. Countless farms in this country have Ed to thank for the insights that he's shared over the years. A huge thank you, Ed, from all of us. Today, Ed shared with us two of his recipes for his bioferments and his foliar sprays, and we've created a PDF with those recipes to share with you. You can find those in the show notes. Also in the show notes, we actually have a bunch of really great value for you. Besides the PDF that he created in English, we also have in Spanish, his entire 34 page ebook describing his Biofermentos recipes with graphic illustrations describing the hows and the whys that he teaches in his courses to university students. You'll also find a link to his very popular book, Medicinal Plants of Costa Rica, which I highly recommend checking out. I really like what Ed was saying about the, how recycling our waste is central to our sustainability. It's not an understatement. The carelessness at which people are disposing of valuable resources and turning them into environmental hazards is heart-wrenching when you consider the magnitude of it. Not to mention the fact that we have sustainable solutions for nearly all of these items. His message to compost what you can, create your own soil and raise your own food is as timely as it is eternal. If you enjoy hearing stories about soil building, community or even natural building, make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a review to let others know how much you've been absolutely loving the mission of this show. In the show notes, you'll also find all of the resources that we discussed in this interview, including the link to the video we took at New Dawn Center, where Ed shows us his home soil building stations, his biofermentation station, and his water filtration. That's what all I got for you this week, folks. Now go out and build some soil already.